on episode 65 of What the Truck, we play What You Drinking, we give you the weekly market update, we play earnings over under, we hit all things tech, and we play big deal, little deal. So things are changing here on What the Truck each and uh, every day. Welcome to episode 65. We have a guest... Ellis Smith. Welcome, Ellis. Great to be here. And, you know, I could call him a guest, but actually I feel like he is uh, a new co-host emerging onto the scene at Freight Waves, Tim Dooner. Welcome. Chad, thank you so much. I am a big fan of What the Truck. Great show. And Ellis Smith, it looks like you got a really frothy beverage Ah, uh, yes. This is uh, this is an Otri, is what we call it, but it's actually, a, it comes from the Naked River. This is a, uh, I believe it's called an Open the Hop Hatch, and I have a, I have a monopoly on this drink in the room, because I believe you guys are having something else entirely. Yeah, uh, we are. Uh, well, in fact, uh, you know, um, so you say Open the Hop Hatch, Naked River, they are one of our local brewing companies. We love Naked River, want to give them some love. They... They'll give us a keg for uh, for just about, you know, naked, naked nothing, stripped down. And we love it, and it's delicious. And we name our beers uh, in the tap in the tap room of Freight Alley. We name them after tickers on our sonar platform system. So you are drinking an, an O-Try, which is an open-the-hot-patch pale ale. I am drinking an I-Try, which is uh, the, the Gorge IPA. And you're drinking something entirely different. Well, you know, since this is dear. my first episode with you, guys, I thought that you know, I should really cut loose and celebrate. So I went over to the new bevy machine that we have here, which ah, is, is just wonderful. I don't know what kind big of deal water, or little deal. Yeah, I don't know what kind of water cooler you guys have at your office who are listening, but these bevy machines are the truth. You go over to them, I don't know if you've like one of those mixed recycle machines you see inside of a McDonald's or a Burger King where you pick your Diet Coke and you can put like a spritz of cherry in there mm. and a spritz of lime. We have this with water, so you can do what you can do still. You can do sparkling. I love the sparkling. You, you can have do... a big frothy sparkling cucumber uh, <laughs> beverage. There's cucumber. There was a sweetened one which I was warned to avoid. With thank you for that. And no. I just went. So, so right now, right now, I just got a spritz of uh, I think it's strawberry wheatgrass mm. and water, and it's what really helps uh, fill the throat. But that was at least unsweetened, right? I mean, yeah. with no stevia no. in it or anything. Unsweet strawberries. So, I think don't they in 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 Italy they call it frizzante. I kind of pre- prefer that over sparkling. Oh, they don't call stevia frizzante, do they? No, no, no. They call it sparkling frizzante. Well, let's you know? bring that to it's, these shores, frizzante. Yes, let's get gonna, that started right here on What the Truck, this award-winning podcast. <laughs> it's a word that sparkles. Oh, indeed. And we should pause for a moment here to uh, give homage to Triumph Pay. Thanks to our sponsor, Triumph Pay. Triumph Pay is the leading carrier payment platform in transportation. With over 50,000 carriers paid, Triumph Pay helps to drive capacity, efficiency, and cash flow for brokers and shippers. Visit triumphpay.com to learn more. One of the things that we bring to you each and every week is appropriately named the weekly market update. And today, you know, we have kind of an overview. Guys, you know, like the freight brokers have said that we have hit rock bottom and, you know, we're looking for some tightening here in the spring. First of all, do you agree with the analysis and you want to tell us what in the world is going on here? Well, I mean, it's been 
rock bottom. I mean, what, what we've seen, it's been a pretty boring couple of weeks for our market experts who are you know, looking for any volatility, any variation in demand, supply, where the, what are the trucks doing? And they haven't really been doing much of anything until now. So we're finally starting to see as earnings are, are coming out, we're finally starting to see some glimmers of hope, uh, things picking back up, and, and certainly people on the phone with analysts talking about how, uh, what they see as a more sprightly uh, second half of the year, we hope. You know, apparently uh, freight, you know, brokerages, they, they obviously, you know, it's been easy to procure capacity. So that hasn't been a problem. But, you know, in the future, I think part of the analysis here is that brokerages will be forced to live on tightening margins as we go forward. And, you know, and the outlook, so, you know, obviously there's two things that depend on the outlook when you, you, you talk about what is happening with in freight and it's the supply side, you know, trucking capacity and, and demand, the volumes. And and what we are seeing is an abundance of capacity, right? Interestingly, guys, one of the measurements of that on our we, – we use it on our Sonar platform is we look at three-year-old truck prices. And, uh, you know, it's a sign. It's a sign that the, the smaller players, often the owner-operators – they are not buy. They're they're not able to buy the the castoffs of the of the mega fleets at, at you know at, as the prices they're high and they're they're buying it. and then as you know you can you can get a sense as they fall off uh, those prices that that's a sign that they're not filling in the capacity as much and it's one too of too many our, trucks right I mean essentially yeah. you've got more trucks out there than you've got stuff to haul and so the price of trucks goes down. Uh, that's one of the things that, that we use to say a little soft out there for for carriers. Yeah, it's one of our proxy indicators that kind of tell give us a little bit of one of those signals about um, what's happening with capacity. So I got a question, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners do as well. Last year, all we heard about was the capacity crisis, right? Right. Carriers spent a lot of money investing in fleets. Then shippers did something a little funny. At the end of the year. They sent all of their shipments here to the U.S. Now they're sitting and rotting in warehouses, and they're spending tons and tons of money on it. Shippers, next time, maybe think about the whole picture when you go ahead and do that. But Oh, yeah. But, but by now, why hasn't the market corrected? Why, what are you guys seeing? Because we are almost in May. It's almost at the halfway point of the year now. And we're still seeing an issue where there's there's still, what, four, we're seeing about 4%, but U.S. Bank just said 12.6% today. Well, I mean, you're, you're look, freight is a, you know, just as we talk about used truck prices, it can be a proxy for freight demand. Freight itself is a proxy for consumer activity and manufacturing activity, right? And if, if people are not out there and they're not buying the amount of automobiles that we expect them to or washing machines or refrigerators or, or hats or microphones or cell phones or whatever it is, you know, the manufacturers aren't going to make it and the shippers aren't going to move it and the carriers are going to sit and wait and they're going to have to play around uh, – uh, in the spot market, uh, where shippers are finding really good deals, have been finding really good deals uh, off the paper rates. You know, I, that is actually, uh, uh, Dooner, one of the, one, that, that question is something that I've been kind of posing to to various uh, market experts here at Freight Waves, because I, 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 in fact, I, I asked uh, Ibrahim Bayan, our uh, chief economist, I was like, I was like, uh, dude, like, what, were you, and I, not that you had a crystal ball, but were you project, were you like telling shippers and folks like, you 
you know, early on that like, um, you know, nothing can, can last, <laughs> you know, like it's, this isn't really necessarily the new normal. And, and he was, he actually said, you know, like around like about midway through 2018, he was saying like, there's all these different factors that indicate that, you know, there, there will be, you know, various softenings and, and yeah, you know, but like uh, by the other end of the spectrum, I think like you're a business person and you're trying to take advantage of the opportunities that are out there, you know, and you're having to re do these earnings reports and stuff. It's like, what do you do? Wouldn't you be remiss not to take advantage of the opportunity? And if you have money to spend on, 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 on taking advantage of that capacity, shouldn't you? And so they do. Well, Tim made a good point too, which is you, you mentioned the shippers pulled a lot of things forward. Uh, in 2018, and it's been rotting in warehouses. You know, that was, I think, you know, as we look at tariffs or the threat of tariffs or trade wars or the threat of trade wars, you know, businesses have to respond to that. We're seeing the same thing in Great Britain with Brexit, where they're, they still haven't made a decision, but businesses have to plan ahead. There's a long lead time on commodities. There's a long lead time on producing a, a car or, you know, relocating a factory, whatever that is. And so there's really what you're seeing is an imbalance or a disruption or it's a, it's a distortion of the market. I mean, essentially, we had a great – everybody had a great uh, – or the carriers did. Really, the shippers didn't. But the carriers had a fantastic summer in 2018. And then they probably – I'm sure we'll, we'll be able to look back at this uh, You know, a year from now once we get all the data in. We can measure year over year. And essentially, you, you ate your cake first. You know, instead of waiting for dessert. And so, you know, we had a really miserable start to the year for carriers. Meanwhile, shippers, some of them are having a good time. But, you know, we just saw 3M, uh, a major a major shipper, I believe it was today, uh, do a bunch of layoffs. So there is there is some softness in the market beyond just this imbalance or this distortion that was created by uh, the tariffs and the threat of tariffs back in 2018. You know, it's interesting that you would mention, Ellis, it's interesting that you would mention Brexit as well. Because we talk about the trade war, and that was the looming specter of the trade war was such a big deal. We talk about big deal, little deal. And it kind of <laughs> ended up being kind of a little deal, but market perceptions are reality. They drive the market. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. You're chasing ghosts, or there really is a man behind your back with a knife. Yeah, which <laughs> is one of the... It wasn't. But we're seeing the same thing on exports now, right? So we're not getting the export volume out of the country that we need. Correct. Because I think a lot of people are confused because we're not in a recession, People are still making money. They're still spending. Unemployment's at like 2%. So I think a lot of people are like, what the truck is going on with this particular market? I, I bet especially carriers who are like, I mean, how do you fight? I've looked on the Facebook boards on uh, on uh, Rate Per Mile Masters and stuff, and those guys are not happy campers right now. Well, businesses hate, if there's anything they hate the most, if you're running a business, it's uncertainty. Now, they'll take bad news. You know, if taxes are going up, okay, they're all going to grumble about it, but they're all going to have to pay the same taxes. And so ultimately, they figure out how to, they cost of you know, the goods that they sell to people goes up or whatever. They do what they need to do. But it's not knowing. It's the not knowing what's going to happen next. That's what creates these um, sometimes stalls in investment. I'm not going to buy a new home, for instance, if I don't know whether I'm going to have a job in a year, right? Businesses are the same way. If I don't know what the economic situation is going to be a year from now because of all the chaos, I might hold off on building that new factory or adding that new line that would normally be driving a lot of the demand for, for carrier activity that we should be seeing. Yeah, humans uh that we 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 hate the unknown and we hate uncertainty. That's why I you know, I I recommend to everybody when, when they're in that time 
time to listen to John Denver's Sweet Surrender. Mm, good call. You know, I just let let it go. Uh, uh, but <laughs> oh. no, but uh, you know, I uh, frozen right. Yeah, <laughs> frozen. I get frozen my bring, man. Yeah, bring, yeah, bringing it a little <laughs> more Lovato. contemporary. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. Volumes have been relatively steady. It's been an interesting uh, first quarter, and I think we're going to cover some of that here in, in a moment on our um, earnings over under where we are going to not only uh, educate you, but we're going to entertain you as we talk about uh, earnings. I, I mean, have I answered have I answered your question well enough, uh, Tim? It was a great question. I mean, I think I think the thing is we're, we're kind of still waiting to know. I know that you yeah. guys have more experience with data data and the sonar. And but the reason I ask, I've been in supply chain for a while, and one yeah. thing it always seems is that the carriers and the shippers always seem to be a step behind. They always seem to be really good at making. <laughs> the right move at the wrong time. I don't, and hopefully some of our data can help correct that. Well, and that's, you're absolutely sure. right. I mean, and, and this is not, you know, I love sonar. I use it every day. But traditionally, there hasn't been a sonar. Yeah. Sonar's a pretty new product. And you've been looking at weeks old or sometimes months old data. And you're making decisions based on what happened last quarter instead of what's happening today. And so that's something as we're looking at these things, a lot of times we're puzzled by the decisions that people make. And I think some of it is still... There are some holdouts out there, you know, who are still relying on that old school tribal knowledge to to yeah. muddle their way through, rather than saying, "Well, wait a second, I can just look at this chart and it'll tell me what's going on in Toledo today." And a couple of <laughs> quote unquote leaders start heading for the exits, and then then right. everyone's screaming fire. Yep, in the crowded theater of life. Whoa! <laughs> the crowded theater of the supply chain. I like it. I like where you're going with that. Um, I, although I don't know necessarily where you're going. No, but this is great. Uh, let's play some. This is the first segment ever. It's taken us 65 episodes to realize that we could do this with earnings reports. Earnings over under. Earnings over under. So yeah, the, the guys here, yeah. they tasked us. They said, well, let's make earnings exciting for you people who are listening. You're at the gym getting jacked. You're driving your big rig right now. You're at your desk, but you're not walking around with a pen and a piece of paper. You just want some right. cursory knowledge on these earnings. So we're going to do some earnings over under. The guys, the other guys in this room have not seen these yet. And we're going to start off right now. Are you both ready? Ready or not, here we come. All right, I'm going to start off with Knight Swift. Knight Swift, 52 cents over under. Chad, why don't you take this one? <laughs> Well, I think that based upon the headline, I think that I'm going to take the over. I gave you the easy one. Yeah, Knight Swift is uh, is one of the largest. It is the largest carrier. Yeah. Uh, Still in, makes up less than 2% of the yes, overall Yeah, in, in our universe. But they are doing something right. I also have seen the headline cheated and therefore will also say over. You, you guys are both right. And here is a quote from their earnings call. They said, our revenue per loaded mile Excluded fuel, excluding fuel surcharge and intra-segment transactions increased 9.4% compared to the first quarter of 2018. This was partially offset by an 8.7% decrease in miles per tractor and a 3% decrease in average tractor count compared to the first quarter of 2018. Now so, that's critical. That's what we've been talking about. Yes! Is that trucks are only, and we got to get through these, but I just, you know, everybody knows this, unless you don't, but... Trucks only make money if they're moving and if they're loaded. And if the carriers, you know, don't have something to move, if the shippers are saying, "Yeah, we're we're taking an extra week off, uh, we're gonna we're gonna shutter our factory for an extra week," which a lot have. Sorry, you know, you bought all those <laughs> trucks in 2018. There's, you know, you're gonna have to go either take a cheap 
a cheap route somewhere or let them sit, neither of which is good for the bottom line. Well, it was a mod. It seemed to be, is, is my understanding, it seems to be they 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 modestly, you know, they they beat, they slightly, it's been a slightly good news thing. Yes, they were able to, they and were able it, to muddle through and uh, and post those earnings. And that's, uh, that's why they're the biggest. 52 cents over under. You're right. Both of you, 55 cents over. Ding, 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 ding. Woo! Cowbell. Yeah, dude, get a cowbell. Dude. Okay. Manhattan Associates, 34 cents. Chad. I am going to take the over. Now, Chad, you sound a little unsure about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh pounce on your lack of certainty. I'm gonna take the <laughs> under and uh You opportunist. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna see how this goes. All right. You are correct, Ellis. Woo! Oh. Oh. We said 34. It came in at 32. Now, are we talking gap? Are we talking about generally accounted, uh, accepted accounting you, practices or non-gap here? That's uh, uh, You just won. Now you're like trying to change I'm the rules. I'm trying to give Chad a chance. Oh, well, thank you. I'm a gap man myself. Give Chad a chance. Well, here's a quote yeah. from their CEO from their earnings report. This is from Eddie Chappell. He said, we're very pleased with our start to 2019, delivering record first quarter revenue total and solid earnings per share growth on strong software and global services revenue. Well, well that is what they I, say. I'm outraged. Well, <laughs> that is what they say. But they reported, under. <laughs> they reported a 24% adjusted operating margin. That's a decline of 70 basis points year over year. So they're always pleased, but... I feel somehow like I've been... I, I feel like I was right. Even though I was wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's how I live, I guess. All right. You guys, everybody knows this one. It's Old Dominion Freight Lines, O-D-F-L, OG of the industry, 158 over under. It's a dollar and 58 cents we're yeah. talking here. Okay. They are one of the leaders of the of LTL. This, this is the year. earnings per share. So it's not their stock's a dollar 58, just for right. listeners at home. We are talking, we're talking specifically about earnings per share. Wow. Take it away, Ellis. Chad kicking it over to me to uh to, to be the lead-off batter on this. I'm gonna say uh it's a tough market, right? It's tough in LTL. Tough you know, market. there's been some Amazon action that's been uh, throwing things into disarray. I'm gonna say old Dominion, uh they're badasses. I'm gonna say over. All right. I'm all totally right. taking the over. I'm totally taking the over. All right. Even though the soft market, you guys are both taking the over. I, well, you're smart men. Because you're both right. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they said right here, CFO, Adam Satterfield. He says, pricing discipline and a consistent philosophy with respect to yields allowed us to strengthen financial position and allowed us to further invest and drive operational efficiencies. So they just got smarter. Operational in the bad efficiencies weather. means cutting expenses, but the reality is <laughs> uh, they were, you know, they had a three percent decline in overall LTL tonnage for the quarter. Uh, so again, we're seeing we're seeing maybe some of the overeating that occurred in 2018. People are now going to the gym, working out a little bit more, but. You know, there's 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 less caloric intake. Yeah, it was 158. They came in at 164. So pretty pretty decent yield. Uh, another one. This is you're kind of a newer guys. I'm not I'm not all that familiar with. Do you guys know Universal Logistics over under 56? Uh, Universal Logistics not as familiar with. That's a um. I am. I guess I better just go. I, ready or not, here I go. Over. Uh, I was. I, they are a brokerage, correct? I believe they're a brokerage. 
Uh, brokerages. No more answers. You can't get it. You have to. <laughs> Broker- you're already down I, in the game, man. You brokerages. Don't have a you're three and zero. Oh. I'm There's two no and one. Lines here. Break, brokerages uh, enjoy life when there is volatility in the market. There has not been as much volatility of late. I'm going to say under. You would be wrong. Damn it. Yes. They came They were another one. They were at 56 was the over-under. They came in at 61. And here's a little reasoning behind behind that. They said, we hit our target for operating margin in the first quarter, which is historically their toughest quarter. And we see this as a very positive start to the year. The first quarter of 2019 was also Universal's best first quarter. Quarter ever, so congratulations, guys! And small yeah. correction, uh, they're not a they're not a broker; they're a truckload carrier. Wait, so. what are you doing? You're looking. You can't do that. It's after the fact, I've already guessed now. So this is now, so this is, this is the post mortem on my why I did so poorly uh, on that answer. I, I had no idea what I was talking about, as it turns out. Well, that's great. We learned something new about Shocking. myself as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is a transformative experience. Yes, it's been transformative. What about bong water? What about Borg Warner? <laughs> oh, that is exactly what I thought when I saw that. Borg Warner had a fantastic <laughs> quarter. It's cold outside. People are inside, you know, enjoying themselves. Watching television, <laughs> Netflix, and chill. So Bong Water, I believe, had a fantastic well, the bur- the, 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 the bur- the They're Borg. an OEM. You will be assimilated. The Borg Warner... Was they were they were fifty six over under? Oh man, for an OEM, I, you know I'm just gonna go under. I've I've, ta- I've taken several overs. I'm gonna go under. I feel like um, there have been uh, um, knowing that they are a manufacturer. They're they I believe pretty global. Um, they've got to have been uh, what they call headwinds that uh, would suppress uh, suppress their uh, earnings. I, I concur. I mean, after all the, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you just on principle anyway. Oh, okay. But um, OEMs, after all the great orders that they had in 2018, we saw those fall precipitously uh, in the first quarter. But I'm still gonna say they used that expense cutting magic and were able to get over on their uh, on their earnings. And Ellis, you sir would be correct. Yes. They were over five. So oh. what was it? What was it? We said was the over under. They came in at a dollar, a dollar even. That oh is, wow! So they almost doubled their estimates. I was... they, yeah, I mean they doubled their projection. Congratulations well, to wait them. Wait a that's... second. That's got to be more than cutting expenses. Then that's well, that's no, that, that was the other one. That was Universal was cutting expenses. The Borg order, the 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 Borg, <laughs> they assimilated their expenses. And they said investments in capital expenditures, including tooling outlays, totaled 117 million in the first quarter of 2019, compared with 160 million in the first quarter of 2018. So they got smarter with their budget; they were better with their spending. Ellis, uh, yeah, they 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 did have uh, drops in net sales and net income uh, during the quarter. That's interesting. So they, they, they were able to, uh, but they, again, when you're a big company and you've got a lot of revenue coming in, there's a lot of levers that you can pull, uh, when you, when, especially if you're, whether you're using sonar or whatever intelligence market Intel freight Intel you're using to drive your insights, there are always levers you can pull if you're smart. Which clearly you are. <laughs> or Warner is. I, I take no credit. Uh, I, I, that was a wild guess in the dark just to be different. All right. We got a couple more over here. Let's run through them. We got Echo, Echo, Global Logistics, <laughs> 29 cents over under. Brokerage, right? 
you got to give us a hint on the uh, Echo. Yes, I, Echo, yes. I happen to know is a brokerage. But. It yes, sounds like a three PL to me. Yeah. <laughs> they're a gigantic brokerage. Uh, so, are you kicking it off, Ellis? Mister, Mister, only got one wrong. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go again. Uh, again, I know they're enormous, and so therefore, I'm sure that there's expenses they could have cut. Uh, but we're talking earnings per share here, right? That's yes, we are. We're trying earnings per share. Is this the spelling bee? I mean, like, what are you like trying to like? EPA. Can I get the Can I get the uh, pronunciation in the original language, please? <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go with my gut under. I am totally going over. I know Doug Wagner of that CEO. He's gonna run a tight ship. Come on, Echo, give me over. They were over. They were yes. over. So 29 over under, they came in at 38 cents earnings per share. And I'll tell you why. Because their gross, even though their gross was down bigly by 6.8%, their net was only down 1.2%. So I guess their shareholders like that news. So even though I was wrong, yeah. in a way I was right. Oh, yeah, see, no, you're trying money. to play that game too. You're trying to play that game too. Top line growth was down, but they were smart. They managed their business well. Kudos Dude, to all them. earnings. Yeah, they, they stopped yeah. the bleeding. They stopped the, that, yeah. that's, ad, that's admirable. Yeah, because that happens them. in business. Yes, yep. and all earnings reports are complex. And, you know, it's... Not a zero-sum game, as they say. What about Landstar Systems? Landstar Systems, 151 over-under. I have to start off this one. I am going to say uh, their truckload. truckload. We've had some other truckloads that have, if if they're running a reasonable operation, they're going to modestly be over. They're going to modestly be over. I'm going over. I'm going to quit telling you my reasoning. This is a tough one. Um, let's see. I got the last one He's wrong. He's going to edit out these I got the last puns. one wrong. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say over. I'm going to go with the Chad guess. It's like playing my dad in chess with yes. this. Got to think two two moves ahead. <laughs> well, boys, you're both correct. They, they came in at $1.58, and here's what they had to say. This is from their CFO, Jim Gatoni. He says, I am pleased with Landstar's financial performance during the 2019 first quarter. Well, so am I. <laughs> Landstar performed very well during the 2019 first quarter. <laughs> no redundancy there. Given the softening environment, diluted earnings per share was $1.58 in the 2019 first quarter. Economy of words. <laughs> in, spite, in spite of the weather headwinds. And uh, once again, and all you know, of the things earnings we per share, earnings per share, they were able to beat 158 uh, compared to 151. Revenue declined 1.4% year over year. But again, we're talking earnings. That means they're all yeah. cutting expenses. Yeah. Is, uh, pretty much across the board so far. So so here's one. This one is not an overrunner because we're talking about Tesla right here. And no, this is, this is come really, on. Is that, well, so this one, if, this one is bad over. if you're over. In this one, it's really <laughs> bad if you're over. So the overrunner is, did you think yeah, that they would lose 69 cents per share or more? So overrunner, did they lose more or less than 69 cents per share? <laughs> so you're tricky. This is a trick question. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit. Oh, of a, i got to use the other side did, of your brain now. Did they, wait, did it's they? It's my turn to go first, I believe. Yes. And, and I, I just to be fair, uh, we know that it was a bloodbath. We know that it wasn't great. Um, I did look at some, some of the headlines were unavoidable. Um, and there was a lot of hand wringing. There was much weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. Uh, so I'm going to say they did worse than analyst expectations. You're, you're going to say they did wor- worse, worse than 69. Than yes. 69. So you're actually going over. 
higher, right? higher than negative 69 or lower. They lost the, more than 69. Yes. So you're going to go over 69. They lost 70 cents or more. I set. am going to, instead of just trying to play for a tie, I'm going to go for the win Ooh. and say under. Nice. Oh, and you would be wrong. You would be so very wrong. You would be a million times wrong because this is bad. I mean, it couldn't really be worse. Wait, who's the I mean, you it could here? be worse. I mean, they could have gone completely out of business, but this is awful. They lost $2.90 a share, which is way over what the analysts thought. Like, God knows what's going to happen to any stock after this, but what happened was it was deliveries of the Model S and the Model X. Their supply chain ended up biting them in the ass, and they had to deliver all of those Model Ss throughout the globe at once. Where... We're putting together a conference, right? We're yeah. putting together a conference. We have all hands on deck. And how many things don't get touched when you're putting all hands on deck? Now think of Tesla. And remember all those pre-sales they had for those Model S's? Oh, I wanted one. They all came together at once. And they had to give those out to everybody at once. It must have been chaos over there. And man, a tough recovery. We'll have to see what happens from here. But what do you guys think about this news? Because they were at about 25,000 vehicles shipped a year before, and now they're down to 12,100. That's just pretty dramatic. This is a holy shit moment because, uh, you know, they're losing just under, what, a billion dollars uh, per quarter, right? Something like that. I, I believe I believe it was uh, six or seven hundred million, uh, give or take. They only have $2.2 billion in cash and cash equivalents on hand. That's down uh, a billion five from the end of last year. So what we're looking at here is... You know, with with demand being as soft as it is for these vehicles, which are truly cool vehicles, I, I'd get one. I don't have a charging station at my apartment or at work, but no, I think uh, we're all we are all unanimous I'd about that. They're badass they're, yeah, they're cool vehicles. cars, smart, uh, very smart. They're well made. And they're super fast. I mean, these this is like Ferrari oh, yeah. fast. The Ferraris that we all lusted after in our youth, the Countach, the I, the Lamborghinis. Yeah. These put those to shame from I a remember, speed and handling perspective. Um, uh, earlier this week, I spotted one on my way uh, going up Signal Mountain, and uh, and I was like, I don't care. I'm just following it. I just, I just see I'm where he following goes. It. I just and want I, to know you. And I was in my, I'm in my like, you know, my my 2014 Nissan Rogue, you know, like, and just like putting it to the back. And it was, it was almost like watching a UFO at times. I mean, the way it could accelerate oh, yeah. and the handling up the thing, you know. Yeah. I, you know. You should just follow him home and like, I just want to see you. Can I just, <laughs> just ride in your car? I know where he took a left. Anyway. <laughs> Um, this was this one came in. This one came in really good. So awful news yeah. about Tesla. We just got the the info on on UPS. The, uh, the this spec- just in. Yeah, this just in on UPS was so a dollar forty two is what analysts thought expected earnings per share. You guys think over under on UPS? Ooh, another tough one. Okay, yeah, you first. My turn. My turn. Uh, Wait, so is he ahead? He got Tesla. Who's keeping score This here? is for the like, win. This yeah. is for the win. This is, this is, this is, <laughs> this is for all the marbles. Oh, I, forgot okay. to, I forgot to because cheat on this one. Score. <laughs> uh, UPS is an extremely well-run company. Uh, however, they do depend on goods being delivered, and they can't force people to buy stuff. Um and they've been going through an expensive reorganization. However, that reorganization has paid off. I'm going to say over. I'm totally taking under. <laughs> you are the winner under. of this yeah, week's over under. They came in. It wasn't awful. They came in at a dollar thirty-nine. It wasn't. It wasn't a bloodbath. But you know, they didn't. They didn't go above. They didn't go above and beyond. 
uh, expectations. We haven't had a t- this one just came in, so we haven't had a great chance to really look through the earnings Chad call is and the, the report. So I don't know how much we want to. Our want first to ever winner. On. Well, you'll be, well, here's your gun. You can already get started on next time. Bonus five points for next week, right now. Really? Amazon for over, next week's over under. This one we Ooh. don't know yet. Amazon hasn't called in. Amazon has called in. Four point six seven earnings per share. You think they're gonna over under? You think they're gonna beat it? Oh, oh wow. Okay, this is fun. Um, I this is basically a measurement of overall consumer activity <laughs> plus plus you know some of the recent moves they've made. Um, you you know, know they they have had to spend some money, but they've also. Do you want me know, to go first? Yeah. <laughs> I just I think this is an I interesting one. I'm fascinated. Go- it is. It really is. This is a fun one. I'm going to take the overall aggregate of all that has happened, such as in you know in my little universe. I understand. I'm going to say so a little over. I'm going to go a little over. Yeah. Well, it's no fun if I agree with you. So uh, you know. No, you can. I mean, you need to move as you feel less. That's a. I mean, it's a high. That's high, right? Four point six. It seems like high earnings per share. It's a hard one. I mean, we know we're talking about their business, and they have yanked a lot of business away from others. We know XPO and and some other uh, companies have been on the receiving. New England Motor Freight have been on the receiving end of that. They've been moving that in house. That brings expense. That also brings efficiency. But we've also been seeing, you know, a lag in overall consumer demand. Um, So I think it's defensible to say slightly under. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll make my I'll make my own prediction too. I am going yeah. to go. I gotta go under with you only because only because it's just such a high number. It's a high call. It's a high call. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sky high number to hit. Can they get there? It's Amazon. Amazon is a stock that can go up two hundred dollars. You know, it, it, within a couple of weeks. So maybe maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But I'll, I'm with you. I think under. But I think they're close. I think they get very close to nailing that number. I think, especially us who have boots on the ground here in the supply chain, we know what's going on with Amazon. We know the monster that they represent, and we know that the the, the tsunami that they're bringing hasn't even hit the shores of three PLs or carriers. Yeah, they're yet. not even close yeah. to. I mean, we're talking. And this is a whole, you know, its own show. But they're yeah. building their own brokerage. They're doing their own LTO. Uh, you know, their own last mile businesses are all. They're 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 going to play. In every segment, I don't know if they have their own ships yet, but you know they're they're going to play in every segment, just about of at least land based uh, logistics. And if they can essentially take the margin that they were paying to others to do that for them and keep that money, that's that's something that stockholders are going to like if they don't end up. You know, <laughs> and next week we play. Where did you go right and where did you go wrong? Just uh, to find out. Okay, so uh, good times, man. Wow. Yeah. That was so fun. Yeah, it was a fun segment. That was the most delightful earnings segment <laughs> I, I can remember. A tip of the hat, uh, Chad. A, a, well, a hard-won victory and well-deserved. Oh. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it might it have been a stings a little bit. It stings <laughs> a little bit, but I'll come back with a vengeance in the future. Should I, should I introduce myself for a second, too? Should yeah, Tim. Who is Tim Especially Dinner. with a co-host here. Well... I come from a show, I, I started a show called The Shipping Pod way back, I'm from Boston, I've been in the industry for 14 years now, before that I was in the music industry, I'm a big fan of pop culture and I'm a big fan of logistics and I'm a normal person, we're all normal people and my take yeah. on all these, it is, no, I, like, I mean, like, I have interest outside of logistics and I think everyone else does too and I really want to normify freight, you know, bring freight to the masses, knock down the gatekeeping, make it accessible, 
bring the because there is a lot of fun here. You know, when Let's people do it. talk like earnings calls, yep. instead of being words, earnings calls are so boring. And I was trying to read the reports too, and I'm like, dude, yeah, this is a creative thing. Um, as a creative thinker, it's hard for me to even get through these articles without just like my mind blanking. Like at the end, I'm like, no information has been absorbed. And then yeah. I was like, if I can gamify it, it's going to be fun. It's good. It's good to uh, have a uh, uh, another uh, cr- you know creative soul who can identify with the uh, the acquired taste of earnings reports. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I've been surrounded by um, you know some you know some finance nerds that uh, make me feel like the odd bird, and I know I know that I really am. It's great to have. Tim Dooner here with us, man. It's 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 been delightful. Um, you just you just fell in fell in here uh, at the top of the week, and uh, you know here we are, and this is we're 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 rocking. And you know he came in at an interesting time too, because we're gearing up for uh, one of our biggest events of the year yeah. freight waves, which is transparency. We call it transparency nineteen. As you know, freight waves is all about. To your point, Tim, I mean, it's about let's get rid of the gatekeepers. Let's get rid of the silos. Let's democratize information. Let's make freight intel available to everybody. And uh, transparency is our big spring event. I guess it's spring. May. Is that the beginning yeah, of summer? Yeah, it spring. Very, very spring. Or is and it from Memorial Day, first day of summer? Like, yeah, can you wear white or not? Time of I the think year. is the real question. Um, uh, well, no, don't wear red jeans around Craig. Uh, <laughs> But you're coming in here in the midst of the storm as our entire team is gearing up. What's that like coming in from the outside thinking, oh, Freight Waves, that's a pretty cool little website. And then coming into the madness, what's that like? I mean, I I felt like a tiger in a cage because I've (laughs) this kind of came out of this this opportunity. Um, I used to do another logistics show called Consulting Logistics. And before that, I did one called The Shipping Pod. It was one of one of the original the shipping shows. It did. It did really well. It actually got me hired for my job where I went to Consulting Logistics, and on that show, I interviewed Craig. And at the time, because I really wanted to know about the freight futures, but I also wanted to establish a relationship with him because I love what FreightWaves does. Because what FreightWaves does is they combine the news in an accessible fashion, and they understand that it's real human beings, not reporters. There's real people on the other end who have to read and digest and consume this information. So I interviewed Craig on my show. He got in touch with me soon afterwards, I came out here. He showed me what you guys are doing, what you had planned to turn to turn this into the Bloomberg of freight, to turn the the video side into the CNBC of freight, to turn this radio and this podcasting into the NPR of freight. And I love that. I love that idea. And I've known I've been coming here for like three weeks now. So I've just been pacing and circling and walking back and forth for this moment to get here. This building is beautiful. Trust me, come by Freightways, come by the Freight Alley, and it's unbelievable. I feel like I've gone to college or something. I know a damn thing about Chattanooga, you know? There is a little bit of that, isn't there? Um, I just want to say, man, your, your, your enthusiasm is infectious, and, uh, you know, I'm sure it's transmitting to our listeners, and, and I'm, I'm I, dude, I'm all about it. It's great to have you here. Well, things, to me, Chattanooga may as well have been Timbuktu. You know, it's a place I'd never seen, I had never been to in my life. But I came out here, I visited, oh my God, this is a wonderful city. Yeah. It's incredibly walkable. And this is coming from someone in Boston who didn't own a car for five years because <laughs> I was living downtown taking the tea. 
Here, there's an electric bus that runs up and down. You can walk the two miles and get your steps in. There's three beautiful bridges, one of them entirely dedicated to pedestrians. And then we got this building. Like, I don't know what your lunchroom is like at your office, but in the last one I was at, I didn't even have a lunchroom. Ours is a converted bar restaurant. It's it's not even yeah, really converted. It's, it's, it's pretty a, cool. It's, it's a, a bar, bar restaurant. Oh, and, yeah, still got all the taps. And we're going to we're gonna play a segment of Big Deal, Little Deal related to this very area very home, soon. Chad. That's yeah. a little teaser for no, let's you. Let's do it. Let's jump right into it, man. Because I, I can gush throughout all of this stuff, but I just want to let you guys know yeah. it's an honor for me to be here. We are going to kick everyone else's ass in this space, <laughs> and we're going to bring this where it needs to be. We're going to make logistics mainstream. I love it. Uh, one of the things I wanted I wanted to um, add is I, I like the idea of yes, we let's 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 talk with the people. It's it we we emphasize the data, the technology, often the headlines. But you know what about like I've been I haven't been in the industry nearly as long as 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 you, um, uh, Tim and uh, and uh, and Craig. But you know in the in the year and a half, almost two, going on two years. That that I that, uh, Ellis, I don't know how long he's been in the industry. You can call me Craig if you want. Okay. Um, sweet. Well, no, like it's not like you're calling him Craig. <laughs> uh, I haven't been in the industry as long as you, Dooner, and well, Ellis. I mean, how long have you been in the industry? Unknown. Unknown. Well, I've always, I've always been so, here. I, I mean, you know, like some of the, like, but for me, as I, I still, I think I'll probably always, in a sense, be an outsider because you have to be kind of be born into it to be an insider, sort of like living in Chattanooga in some ways. But no, um, maybe cut that. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, what I was going to say is like. I had no idea, like sometimes like life leads you in certain ways that you have no idea um, like what, what's happening. You stumble into the thing that, you know, you, you were, I don't know if it's meant to do, but you know, is like, it is it, amazing. And you had no idea however prepared you thought you were. And, and, and being in this industry at this time has been like transformative. It, it literally has. And uh, I, I am, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I am. It's extremely fun, exciting. It's yes, the tech, but it's just like to be a part of a complex, huge industry that probably we all underestimate like how big it is. Uh, and it's truly amazing to be a part of it and, and and like to be on a cutting edge uh, and be able to like be a part of it a voice is 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 exciting and so it's great to have you here i love that idea of the of like let's 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 yes let's pursue some more of this like human element and the story behind What's going on? Sure, there's buyers who buy the goods. Supply chain doesn't run without people making decisions to bring it here and consumers buying goods and the people behind it. Yep. One thing I'll say, when I first started this industry, I came from the music industry, as, as a lot of people who, within Freightways, because we, we there's a massive metamorphosis going on in this business, especially with the merger of freight and technology. I came from the music industry and had to come into this business, and I felt that there was just so much gatekeeping with vernacular and the way people spoke, and it's like, uh. dude, you know I'm new. Talk at an accessible level because I'm not going to learn as well. So I had to do right. a lot of this learning on my own. And I vowed to myself that I want to come back and be someone as a ment- somewhat of a mentor in this business and let people know it's not as hard as you think. It's not as complicated as you think because at the end of the day, you can boil it down to it's just it's just moving shit from one place. It's, <laughs> it's moving it's stuff true. from one place to another. You know, and I tell everybody, we interview people, you know, for we're, we're growing rather rapidly and I'm, I'm doing job interviews almost every day. And I tell people... 
if you understand business, when the basic thing in business is you got to have more money coming in than you got going out. And if you can wrap your head around that, you can wrap your head around freight. It's not Absolutely. it's not rocket surgery. That's another one of my dad. <laughs> that's another one of my dad jokes. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good dad joke. Uh, no, it's not. And you know, as an English major, I have wrapped my my arms around it too. And uh, maybe maybe again, earnings reports. You know that that might be a little complex for. A guy like me, but here, hey, let's take on some all things tech, guys. There, there's a lot of um, critical headlines happening uh, in uh, in in tech, and oh. that, you know, and we've, we're 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 barreling in on transparency nineteen, yeah, and uh, you know, like, like it's what's uh, up in tech, Chad? Well, <laughs> funny uh, you should ask. <laughs> <laughs> was that not a good segue? Did you want, I'm, did you I'm, want I'm to get, curious now. You're just, you're just not going fast segue. enough for me. I, I have ADD, buddy. I just got to kick you along on the, <laughs> along the a little bit. I do too. Uh, well, that's great. And so, um, well, this is like somewhat tech related because it's a tech group that wanted to do this, but it's also a regulatory type of thing. You know, uh, one of our headlines: the a tech group calls for a national road user fee. Um, you know, it's this is one of those things like everybody's trying to figure out solutions to infrastructure how are we going to pay for what is happening on our roads and i feel like a solution is imminent but people have very strong feelings about this um and so well yeah i feel like you know ellis like why don't you give us a can you give us an overview of what this story is about and yeah just basically and i want to kick it to tim but um you know Right now, when you go to put gasoline in your car, most people listening to this have, you know, use gasoline or diesel, probably diesel. Uh, you're paying a certain amount of that, uh, you know, dollar fifty or two dollars or whatever it is, is going to tax. And that tax goes to each state to build the roads and maintain the roads. If you're using an electric vehicle, you're not filling up at the pump. You're plugging in at home and or you're plugging in at work and you're and you're paying that. So what that's doing is it's eroding the the money that that we use traditionally to build and maintain the roads that we all depend on everything as we look around whatever room you're listening to this in or whether it's in your car or wherever you are if you look around every single object around you came via truck at some point right everything and yes. everything in this room came via truck if the roads are crap and the roads are congested it, it, that's going to cost you a lot more money. That, uh, that I mean, congestion's just, just getting worse. Yeah. So what? we've got to. You got to have the money. So how do you? And I'm I'm one who uh, I see a lot of rules, proposed rules every day, and I say, well, that's that's going to make life more complicated and silly for everybody. That's a dumb idea. But this is where our road money comes from, and whether it's electric or autonomous or powered by hydrogen. Still going on the roads, and so unless we find another way to pay for them, you actually do need to come up with a solution for this. Tim, what do you think? Our roads definitely need help, guys. This is a solution to a changing way, the, the way that transportation is changing. I mean, Ellis, you already said it really well. Uh, people are moving away from diesel fuel. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to figure out another way to fill these gaps. It's unfortunate that some organizations want to stand in front of it, but they're, you know, they're afraid of the red tape bureaucracy and. Where exactly is the money going to go? Those are valid Will it concerns. Go to the roads? That happens sometimes, right? Exactly. I mean, you you have it Does goes it into a, it goes into a slush. I mean, you you say general fund, I say slush fund. Sure. And I think as long I think I think it's all in. Like anybody who can write a law, they can call it the Clean Water Act, the Save Our Forests Act, but it's all in the the devil's in the details. So where does the money actually go? How do we ensure that it's going uh, to actually help the roads? I think those are all valid questions to to ask. 
So Waymo is setting up guys this like you know Waymo they're they're you know the Google outfit doing the uh the autonomous uh, stuff well one of the the criticisms that we've had about them is you know they're like well we're really are you, are you a tech company or are you you know really going to get into the manufacturing side of things well it looks like they are they are setting up a production facility in Detroit that's a cool place to be it's coming up <laughs> it is. Uh, and they're going to, you know, help manufacture some of these self-driving cars. What do you think about this? Self-driving, that they're manufacturing them? I think it's a challenge. I think it definitely is because, and people bring up Tesla, but Tesla kind of started from the ground. They always were building to be this one thing. Where, yeah, different where, animal. Where it seems like Waymo really started as this tech and data company to make the 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 machines and to make the architecture and to make the, the information that, that allows the cars to drive themselves and that would eventually be put on other cars. It still is. They have that partnership with Jaguar. They have the, I think they put them on, what, Pacifica minivans right now? It's not an, It's not pretty. It's not an attractive car at all. <laughs> I mean, it looks like... It kind of looks like, like a Back to the Future time machine, but, like, way dorkier. And, like, the worst, like, the worst... Not version. that cool. Yeah, it's not a DeLorean. It's like if you took Mom's <laughs> minivan and tried to make it a DeLorean and drove to, like, Comic-Con or something. It, it, it's not It's not hitting the buttons. But that's a tough space because, I mean, look what happened with the... Uh, but the what else are they? Because you can't you can't make a mistake with these. The robot car can't make a mistake. What else are they supposed to do? Aren't you glad that they're going into man? What 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 what, what else would they do? I don't, I don't know. This, I'm just saying it's a tough market, man. It you, is. You You're taking issue you with the minivan, right? It's the minivan. The it's minivan. The, it's the minivan, minivan you don't like. The minivan is not cool. It your flames uh, on it. It's a it's it's the original sport <laughs> utility vehicle. Take the sport out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's definitely not cool, but. You know, but the, but the Jaguar's cool. I mean, the, you know, cool. so well, they're, they're, hey, listen to this. The reason why they're in it, well, the reason why these companies are going for it is uh, because teenagers, they teenagers, look, look at teenagers right now. Driving's not cool anymore, dude. No, I'm telling you, teenagers, people, kids are not going to want to drive in the change right. the future. They're not. The boomers are going to get too old to drive. And teenagers are going to want to drive, and I think a lot of us are going to be like, "Yes, that actually looks pretty cool." Like, yeah, I have great. to, I have to, I have to pay for some. I have to drive everybody around. Is yeah. that's what we're going to have to do? You're going to have to walk <laughs> you do when I was going to drive a car now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to drive the car. First. All right, but teenagers, so, but fifty percent of teenagers got their license when they're sixteen. It's only it's down to twenty five percent. That's substantial, wow. substantial difference. I had a Chevy Suburban, a green Chevy Suburban in first college, car? and uh, first oh. car, uh, favorite car still to this day because. It was the party wagon. Uh-huh. When you've got a big old car like that, whether it's a Chrysler Pacifica, Chevy Suburban, or something else, like people are gonna ride with you to the party. What, man. what was your first? What was your first whip? Well, <laughs> this must be a highlight of the show for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, I was about to get my 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 parents' uh, Mazda GLC Ooh. until my dad was was in an accident and totaled the car. Oh, he was fine. Took a dark turn. <laughs> I know, right? And but I completely said, "Sorry, son, you're not going to get that car." Or and I'm any like, car. "Okay," and that's right. <laughs> and it was like, "And by the way, your grades are not good, and you're not getting any car unless you can pay for it." But the good so news I is worked. Walmart sells bicycles and, so uh, i worked at subway for a while was able to afford a six fresh. a six hundred dollar diesel rabbit yes oh that's yeah. a great car uh, i love you man it was oh. it had 152,000 miles on it just getting started it rattled but it had a new stereo in it i was in <laughs> and it lasted three weeks oh, no. before it just totally went so i mean you know we don't need to go down this road no. my, my favorite <laughs> vw is the thing they don't make them anymore but i love the thing but the I, thing I, my first car was that. My first car was an 82 Thunderbird called the Heap. 
And uh, this was in 1996. So it had a lot of miles on the odometer. Well, like okay. Glad that everybody is still tuned in. Thanks for sticking with us after our, uh, you know, going down memory lane. Because it's not I'm live. I'm telling you, they're going down uh, memory lane, too. They are thinking about their first car. One of the things that we are, you know, like speaking of technological advances, guys, uh, this is uh, one of the most exciting scenes that's happening in tech, and it's ocean shipping. It's <laughs> okay. Maybe right. you really you gotta sell me maybe a it's not a revolution. Back up my chair now. But, but it's called an evolution. Are they figuring out how to put fires out on ships? Because that, to me, would Ooh. be the big the big revolution. Well, what what what? Basically, you know, this is the argument that like defenders of the the very slow adoption of of, of tech uh, in in the maritime space would say is that they're super fragmented. And, uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of headwinds. Not everybody's, you know, wanting to, you know, adopt the same space. Yeah, Chad, big, big sinking. <laughs> big, big fire and big sinking out at sea. Big, uh, just a moment. Yeah, the stakes oh. are high. Yeah, and, and yeah. you know, I was just at, I was listening to this, uh, yeah. this guy, Rick Bridges, I know. He's from Roanoke Insurance, and he's talking about this because, uh, I don't know if all listeners know this, but ocean shipping, when there's a fire, shipment goes down, there's a thing called general average. General average goes all the way back to the beginnings of seafaring. All the way, and that's like, like why the beginnings of time. Around. Yeah, because everyone shares a stake in the. I guess so. Like the first time that kid took a leaf and sent it down a sent it down a I don't know Moses uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Nile River. <laughs> I have no idea. A leaf but, down the we're Nile. We're going way back. That's BC. But you know what? You mentioned something. You it, how do you put out the fires on the ships? A lot of times you can't because they're hazardous chemicals. They get they get jammed up there. But, but you're when surrounded you're, batteries. by water. Batteries get out. Water makes it worse. Water Water makes chemical fires worse. So what you need to do is put out the fire starter. And how you do that is you put IoT sensors inside containers and you start holding these shippers accountable that can read the temperature and they can say who was responsible on the ship. And that person, the insurance, has to carry the burden. Wow. I'm reading the temperature of the room right now. And uh, I think we need to move on to the next headline. But uh, IoT, uh, intelligence of things... Is Internet that of things. <laughs> Internet of things. Um, no, let's go with yours. Intelligence uh, things. Uh, the, uh, you know, here's. I think this is actually um, kind of interesting. The Daimler CEO mm. uh, draws an electric line in the sand at the you know at the uh, latest uh, conference. You know, they're, they're, they've got a Portland facility. They're ready to convert to EV manufacturing. But I mean, really. Really? Do you, do you see this happening? I, mean, Daimler, I, I have so many thoughts on hydrogen-powered trucks. It starts with uh, talking about going way back. Uh, yeah. Let's go back to the Hindenburg. Uh, you know, I do, no. I do have, I do have wow. some, you know, well, an electric yeah. vehicle, you know, batteries can and do catch fire, yes, yeah. you know, but uh, hydrogen hydrogen makes a big boom. Hydrogen and, does too, right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, it was interesting. You're, what you've seen is Tesla rolled out a semi. And some people pre-ordered that, and now Nikola Nikola has has introduced a semi, and some people have pre-ordered that. A lot more. It's starting to feel a little bit like the beta versus VHS or the Blu-ray uh, versus HD DVD. Yeah. Dude, I mean, but I'm, can I just tell you, like, even like the tw- as I've understood the, the forecast, even to twenty forty, like like is is that this battery EV technology is so far away batteries it just is aren't that nowhere good yet. near class eight it, you know you can do regional moves yeah. drayage but yes but you can last the, mile the, and so and so I, I i'll well let segue briefly I'm into Nikola. I am into the hydrogen fuel cell because I think their infrastructure is there there's no infrastructure. I, 
Dude, I think that their plans are a lot more feasible and 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 and, and doable than than what is what is the possibilities for for BEVs or well, EVs. Good. So I'm glad because I okay. want, I've had this question okay. on my on the tip of my tongue, and I haven't had anybody able to address it yet. Tesla has a network of superchargers that are currently being used for cars all over the United States, and they're building more and more. There's thousands and thousands of them. So far, Nikola has. Uh, zero, I believe, hydrogen refueling like stations. So, when we, so I've heard this infrastructure line before that you that you talked about. What is how is where's their infrastructure? How how are they gonna how are they gonna get back ahead of Tesla, who already has the electric charging uh, stations all over the place? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that we're using all the same stats here. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> like, uh, these thousands of, you mean like the, uh, you know, the Tesla charging station over around the block where they have like two, two like, uh, chargers that well, like, me, you, right you've got to, uh, you've got to be able to, there's only so, three Teslas in town. So always always two open. Is, yeah. <laughs> <always> uh, <laughs> there. I, I think that overall this would be uh, what, th- but here's my, Good points, and you know what? If you you, you might just go ahead and skip ahead, and you won that argument for for <laughs> right now. Like, no, but here, no. Can, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. A hydrogen bomb. Over don't here give up. Yeah, don't give up. One really cool thing I saw. I don't know if you guys have seen this. What they're building now, what or the concept that they're building, and I saw this on LinkedIn, was automatic fueling pumps. And it's always funny because there's always like there's always like there's always people on LinkedIn. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna attack a generation or something. They tend to skew a little older. There's always like, how lazy can you be? It's like, didn't you people grow up with like full service stations? Yes. Self service <laughs> is only like the last twenty or thirty years, know, right? Like, You've had self service, and there's still people but, in freaking New Jersey who, but, who yeah, are it's only it's only in New Jersey afraid of pumping their own gas. What could happen if, if I you, pump my own gas? <laughs> I don't know. If you, if you consider pumping your gas part of your workout routine, you've got even bigger problems. It can be That's replaced. True. You know, you can free yeah, up so, three extra minutes to go work out. Yeah, people are like, uh, you're lazy if you don't, you know, like pump. You know, if you don't, if you like, it's like no. It's like it's you're not getting a workout pumping your own gas anyway. It really makes sense for it, it's for gas, but it really makes sense for electric vehicles where it takes a little bit more time. You can pull in front of a store; it just automatically sticks its uh, I don't know the male the male charger into the female charger, mm. and, it, and it gets you gassed up, and you come back to your Vespa Electrica. Let me zoom around Chattanooga. Well, we know where you're wanting to spend your hard-earned dollars, <laughs> Dooner. Uh, no, like uh, th- this is what I would say. Um, it-, it sounds like to me, Ellis, that um, Daimler is more aspirational than 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 actually like what's happening right now. And I- and I'm gonna like you know like let's 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 you know let's have a segment where we really think about this um, in in a future show. I I feel like Nicola, which I think this is how they're pronounced. Which I, nobody I put knew. a little extra accent on it. Just Nicola, for fun. Nicola, like Nicola, right? <laughs> I think that they are hot on uh, on figuring out a lot of these these problems. And and Tesla, dude, like we just discussed their their enormous failures. They are nowhere near achieving what they they Agreed. need to do and the batteries man like there's so many we could spend an entire hour like plumbing the depths of the battery issue because we want to solve it everyone wants these aspirations everyone wants the efficiencies and the ease of like charging our little batteries and driving across the country <laughs> little batteries big, batteries, big batteries but they're yeah. little and light I that's what, what we want i mean i think what 
what scares and, people is yeah. look, we all have cell phones, right? And like anybody who has an iPhone or, or an Android, after a year and a half, these things like barely you can barely get through the day. Right? It's true. They actually have. If you go to the website, you go to the manufacturer, they have a certain number of cycles. That is yeah. how many times oh. you discharge and recharge. And after, you know, let's say a thousand cycles, you're actually losing like 20% of your battery, <laughs> 50% of your battery. That's You heard it here. like 20 miles, right? Like, you heard so, it here like, first. That's on, sucks. I can only go 20 miles, dude. That, <laughs> that's that's actually that's actually really interesting. I didn't know that. It's true. Like, Apple it's has it. They will actually tell you the number of cycles that you can charge and di- discharge your battery before. Now you've lost 10%. Now you've lost 20%. Now you've lost 30%. Yeah. It's, it's sort just, of like you have a certain number of heartbeats. Correct. And you then, know? And then, <laughs> I'm sorry to go <laughs> wow. there. I'm sorry I'll to go there. Sure. Examining okay. the nature of humanity and time itself. Here, folks. <laughs> right here on What the Truck. Um, you know, by the way, um, Pinsky opens a heavy-duty electric uh, – they, they open some heavy-duty electric charging stations there. It's kind of a local story, but, you know, it's it's, it's along the same lines. Pinsky um, doing some LTL stuff, and they, they really are on the forefront um, of it, you know, and they're helping with the infrastructure of these things. But again, guys, I'm just – I'm at this thing where it's like it's not it's not class eight – you got to get me to class eight if you want to. If you want me to get sex, if you want me to feel sexy and excited, you know it's and hydrogen uh, makes you do- feel that this way. This is Doctor Drew Pinsky. We're not talking about love line here, buddy. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, maybe not. Uh, fair enough. But I mean, I'm just but like hydrogen gets your congratulations. Motor I know that they are on the you know. What, what's that? They're nice looking cars, though. Those Nikola, Hydra- right? Yeah, they're, nice they're sexy cars. Look, I'm not begrudging you anything except that one has an established network and one does not yet and that and you're right that's a that's it's a topic. not as established as you think they're man. sexy they're sexy trucks we'll, we'll talk about it in the future i can't wait i hope i hope hydrogen you know does well i do <laughs> I, I just hope that it does well on somewhere on the road that's far away from my car that's Isn't like uh, hydrogen bus. yeah okay part of the hydrogen um, bomb right what else you got guys what, what's what's next uh well it is time for everybody's favorite time Woo. of the week, which is when Woo. we play Big Deal Little Deal. Guys, this is a little bit of a different Big Deal Little Deal, where we're not under the same kind of you know uh, tight time constraints that JP forces us under. Um, we're we're gonna like we're gonna hit um, like ten different Big Deal Little Deals. We all get to share our own opinion of like things that are happening in and around our little universe here in Chattanooga at uh, Headquarters 2 right here at Freight Alley. (laughs) Yes, uh, you said it. So uh, I guess I will moderate this this segment. All right. And uh, so, big deal, little deal, what's the deal with you? (laughs) (laughs) Transparency 19 coming May 6th through 8th. Big deal or little deal? To quote Bart Scott, can't wait. It's absolutely a big deal, man. Before I came here, I remember sitting in a marketing meeting with my previous company about two months ago trying to pitch us to drum up the budget to come to this event. We're talking about sexy. You're talking about sexy trucks. This is the sexiest event in the logistics industry. It is completely freaking badass. And you know why? Because you've gone to all of those logistics conferences out there with their stale danishes and their burnt coffee <laughs> and their, their gross fluorescent overhead lighting, uh. listening to people drone on and on over the same PowerPoints. Not us. Not this show. This show is taking a cue from events like uh, like inbound, you know, from real events. Because we treat ourselves like a real company and we treat you like a real audience. 
I think we really actually need to make these time constrained. But that was a great answer, man. I'm sold. Uh, Ellis, big deal or little deal? Big deal. Two reasons. Reason number one, the JB Hunt party will have shipping containers and something, a drink that we're calling the 360. Very excited (laughs) about that. And also, seven-minute demos. Love them. Stay tuned for more details on that. Okay, guys. Uh, And by the way, you're both right. (laughs) (laughs) The Bevy Water Machine in HQ2. Big deal or little deal? I thought big deal. uh, And then until (laughs) I had the cucumber water with the the fizziness, and I I touched it to my lips, and it burned my nostrils with cucumber. It, It was like drinking a pickle. However, if you hold your nose while you drink it, it tastes great. I'm giving it a huge deal, absolutely huge deal. I am I am a water mongrel. I drink about two <laughs> gallons of water a day. I love water so much that I would gallons. every day. No, I do. I swear, I swear to God, I'm like Tom Brady in, in the water. I, actually, I think he said he drinks four. I'm surprised he doesn't. Remember that lady who tried to hold her wee for a wee? You know, she had to, you had to keep drinking water until you die. You can die from drinking too much water. I have an overdose yes, of water, but this is a huge deal for me. I used to walk to Rhea's Market about a mile down the street each day until we got the water machine here because Chattanooga water each and is every day. a little chlorinated. We, <laughs> have, <laughs> we do have nuclear power plants on yeah. either end of us, uh, both okay. to the north and to the south. I'm going to have to say Dooner is right on that one. <laughs> Sorry, Ellis. Uh, endless local beer on tap. Big deal or little deal? Dooner, your turn. Oh, it's a little deal because I I, uh, I don't drink. I haven't drank in uh, almost three years now. So, but the bev- so the bevy thing is my tap. But if we could get some like Blue Indian Head kombucha on there, hint hint, local Chattanooga brand, that'd be nice. Uh, uh, I I say big deal. Uh, typically, you know, again. A lot of people coming in here looking at joining the Freight Waves family. Uh, they come in. We have a beer around the bar. We talk about all the fun stuff going on here. It's a great experience. It's a it's a great place to work. A lot of a lot of fun and fellowship. Yeah, I'm sorry, my yes. so selfish. I only took yeah. myself into account. It's an awesome um, deal for you guys, and it is fun that you guys get to enjoy. Well, it. you can't change your answer now. Ellis was right on All that right. one. Okay, ding ding ding. Cornhole on Fridays, big deal or little deal? I'm going to say little deal, uh, and the reason for that is you know so far uh, we have had a lot of fun playing cornhole. We've also broken uh, one of our ceiling fans uh, doing it, I believe. And, oh no, we haven't. Oh, I'm sorry. This just in. The fan broke itself, and uh, never mind. Big deal. Big deal. Cornhole is great. Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> well, you know, so you, but the, so he's got a big deal. I got to go a little deal now. Fine, I'll go a little deal now. You guys are both wrong. Let's then. Say no, that out. You know why? Because there's something way cooler next to it. We have a truck driving simulator. We have a real official big rig truck driving simulator next to it. How can I play cornhole when I can take a look at that and I can sit down in that driver's seat? Okay, we're going to call that a tie. Uh, <laughs> um, good answers. Garage door, except for bringing up the broken fan. We no, don't know how edit that, that out. Edit that out, Craig. Garage doors that open onto Market Street. Big deal or little deal? Uh, little deal. Uh, it's nice, but it's noisy. And also, you know, there are locals who, who walk by and they want to engage us. They say, hey, what, are you, what are you guys doing? Are you guys a, are you guys a bar? Do you guys work? And so I just say, oh. Hi, you know, I don't know. It's 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 a little awkward. So I'm going to say little deal. 
I'm gonna say big deal on this one, and I'm glad that you dropped the ball here, because <laughs> I was just down there. We were doing our pre-production meeting for the show down there in the beautiful weather we have going on. It's about 73 degrees. We got the garage doors going up. I wasn't bothered by a single person, and I'm not that antisocial, so it doesn't, you know, if a couple locals want to know what's going on, I can afford them that respect and tell them, just as when I go in their stores, and, and I gotta say, Moon Chattanooga from Boston, I the people here are incredibly nice. So uh, you know, I love the city, I love the place, and I like taking a look at them out, out the window. I like being the little pet shop. I'll be their little kitten in the window. That's a big old wet kiss for Oh, the it's hard to evaluate big deal or little deals, but I'm going to have to say Dooner <laughs> wins that one. Uh, Tesla missing its earnings. Big deal or little deal? Well, big deal, especially if you are a Nikola uh, fanboy. Uh, Tesla shit the bed. There's no other way of saying it. Um, nice. They... Look, we, we, we were measuring Tesla by the number of cars they produce. Now we're wondering whether people actually want those cars. Big deal. No, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. You know why? People are going to overreact to it. People are going to act like it's it's this, it's this huge, the end of the world of Tesla. It's the end of Tesla. Elon Musk is a nut. No, he's not. They have made some amazing technology. They make really nice cars. If you drive one, they're incredibly smart. I don't know if their semi is going to be to get taken off but eventually there is going to be automated semis behind them and they already have really amazing integrated automated technology within their cars the best on the market probably on the consumer market at least that you can buy for your vehicle their autopilot it's legit so i'm going to say no i think tesla recovers solid argument those are two fantastic arguments and i cannot d differentiate between the two but only time will tell and when we do know we will play where you were right and where you were wrong <laughs> okay uh the flatbed trucking market right now such as it is big deal or little deal uh, you know, it's a corrective deal. People got confused. <laughs> not an answer. Know. Sorry, that can't accept that. Options. Judges, all right. All right. Uh, <laughs> is it a big deal or a little deal? It's it's it again. That's a little deal too because it it's the ebbs and the flows of the industry. If you have a great product like Sonar, you can get it. You can get ahead of it. It's not a big deal. Get Sonar. I'm gonna say big deal. You got a flatbed, baby. You can put anything on that bad boy. Bricks, bring them on. You got some boards. You got some some pipe. Throw it on that thing. Big deal. Flatbed's awesome, man. Whoa. Okay. This is a tough one. Flatbed only represents 12% of the overall trucking market, <laughs> but it is trending up right now. Yeah. I'm going to have to give that to Ellis. <laughs> Sorry, Dooner. Hey, guys, good arguments both ways. Having a Taco Mac across the Market Street. Ooh. Big deal or little deal? Little deal. Taco Mac sucks. The service is indifferent. <laughs> it's slow. The beer selection is eh, okay. It's I don't understand how they're still in business, candidly. Little deal. It's, no, you know, you know it's a big deal because it makes me think of a really great taco place called Taco Mamacita Ooh, on the North Shore yeah. that has vegetarian and vegan tacos. It's got great regular, it's got great regular food too. I bring the vegan stuff up because oh, look, I came to here from Boston. Coming to the South, I didn't think I thought it'd be all barbecue. I thought all I just, I, all I thought it'd be, which would be great. I thought it'd be just smoked. Bar There's that place called Chumpies that looks pretty cool. But yes. um, but yeah, I think it's a big deal because I think Champions. I'm going to go to Taco Mama C tonight on my way home, grab a couple tacos. It makes me hungry just not to eat at their establishment. <laughs> uh, you, you know, Ellis, you're not wrong. And, uh, and Taco Mac sucks. <laughs> uh, so that's a draw. Um, and way to, way to segue it to Taco Mama Cita. 
kind of interesting different cuisine there. You can get the Peruvian chicken. You know, you can get some uh, some interesting. They they really mix up that chipotle sauce. Uh, so okay, we've got uh, Tim Dooner joining us on what the truck big deal or little deal. Big deal. Tim brings a lot of energy and uh, excitement. <laughs> what are you supposed uh, to say? To that, well, he's got to go little deal now, which is going to be hilarious. <laughs> uh, to the podcast, um, a lot of he's been doing this. He's an enthusiast, both about he really is an enthusiast, both, both about freight and for this. If you can call it an art form, whatever this is, uh, it is what it is. And 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 Tim loves it. He breathes it, and I love that he wants to democratize freight knowledge. That's what Freight Waves is all about. Welcome aboard, Tim. Big deal. Thank you. And I don't mean this as an insult to the show, but it is a little deal because there is so much to build and so much to grow in this empire. This is just a lot of opportunities. Of, this is just one of the bricks. And th- that's not to even say anything bad on the show because this is a dream come true. I'm so glad that I can join your voice on here, Chad. This is this is the next level and we're going to build it even bigger. So it's going to be a massive deal, a gigantic deal. Wow. Uh, Tim, you're right. It's a little deal. No, it's it's fantastic. We're all having a great time. Finally, the future of precision railroading. Well, I thought this was a joke. Big uh, deal or little deal? So for those who don't know what precision railroading is, it's essentially it's a, it's a fantastic strategy, uh, a rebranding by the railroads, if you will, for uh, a practice in business that's called spending no money on your infrastructure and instead – uh, giving all that money uh, into the earnings category so that it can look like you're extremely profitable. It works for a while, but eventually rails wear out, crossings need to be replaced, you need to double-track certain sections or create sightings, and uh, if you don't spend any money, you can't do it. So it slows everything down. Great in the short term, terrible in the long term. I'm going to say um, I'm gonna say big deal. Yeah, I'm going to say little deal. And the reason why is, you know, I come from Boston, Massachusetts. I mentioned that before, but we got the MBTA over there, and that thing barely ever runs. So I think that makes me a little biased. <laughs> it's the oldest train system in the country, and um, it's it's great when it works, but it's a little pitchy, dog. No, and and I want to add uh, to actually sort of agree with you and disagree with myself. The the Northeast Corridor is actually. Wait a minute! A, wait a minute, Ellis! I'm gonna wait I'm, a minute, Ellis! I'm reversing You're course about to win. out of charity. Wait a minute, because. That's where all the tunnels are that need to be widened. That's where That's all the bridges are that need to be, you know, rebuilt <laughs> is is in the Boston, Baltimore, New York corridor. And so you are the guys who are screwed the most if yeah. nobody invests in well, rail more, infrastructure. Man. I'm here now. Yeah. So <laughs> we got lots of land in the south. So it depends. Big deal, little deal. Depends on where you're located. Ellis, that was a uh, super informed and quick uh, response to precision railroading. I can really appreciate that. Uh, you certainly win that one. You know what? Woo. I'm going to say Ellis deserves a win. Oh, thanks, Chad. You know, you know, I, on the heels of your victory, you you're humiliating. Yeah, Keep oh, me chasing the title. Keep me chasing what the title. What a win. Keep him hungry. Here. What a win we have having Dooner on this Broadcast Network. I feel like Let's everybody's a winner. Let's just expand it right Yeah, now. we're building the Right network. here, right now. We are pleased to introduce our one of our guests here on What the Truck, Melissa foreman Barenblit. She is uh, a senior VP and COO of Triumph Pay. Melissa, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Chad, for having me. I'm excited to be here. 
you recently uh, joined the uh, the Triumph Pay team. You, you, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, back in February, I had the opportunity to, to join the team here. Um, my industry background uh, goes back about 15, 16 years where I've spent time working with transportation companies, um, both on you know software as a service, uh, consulting opportunities, and in, in the financial sectors. And so coming to Triumph has allowed me to be able to use that, that knowledge and experience to bring a solution to all parties in the supply chain. So um, being here is very exciting for me. Um, our, our tools allow both the brokers, uh, the three PLs and brokers, as well as the carriers access to the capital that they need to, to run their business and gives them complete control, um, which is what I like to see, you know, carriers have that given back to them. So Melissa, let's play five good minutes. It's a game that we like to play here on what the truck, it concentrates our time, makes it a game and, you know, gives you time in the pacing of your responses. And if you win, you get a free what the truck t-shirt. All right. Are you ready to play? I am ready. So I've got all three questions, less than five minutes, right? Ready or not, here we go. Okay. You guys are innovators and very involved in the freight tech scene. You made the Freight Tech 100. You've been involved in Transparency 18. In fact, I think you guys, you even won, uh, you know, what you were best in show at Transparency 18. So what trends are you seeing this year in 2019 in innovation that excites you the most, Melissa? I, I think there's two aspects to that. The most critical is that for any innovation to take place, you have to have users' willingness to adopt, right? You can create the best tools out there, but if no one wants to use them, then you don't have a product. Our driver community has shown that they're willing and ready to leverage technology, and that's really opened the floodgates for companies such as us to deliver great solutions. Secondarily, I think the trend um, that we're seeing is when you have thought leaders and innovators such as Jason Beardall with England recommending to their peers that they need to find ways to automate non-core functionality, either through a partner or through their own in-house development, that's really an exciting time because now they're looking to, to partner with others to, to work on the aspects of their business that just aren't their core competencies. Well, that sounds exciting to me too. Uh, let's see, with, uh, you know, in a world full of millennials and a bunch of Generation Zers right around the corner, how has company culture changed in recent years? And what do you guys do to, to attract and maintain talent? Yeah, so culture is extremely important to, to both of those generations, of course. And we take that pretty seriously here. We provide wellness initiatives and fitness groups that they can participate in. Um, we have training platforms and corporate trainers where they can do self-development, a lot of team building events, uh, all the time there's team building events. Um, and then we have, you know, volunteer programs where they can, you know, put time back into the community and, you know, having different aspects of those programs really allows the, the employees to feel like they're part of a family and get whatever it is that they need out of the organization to feel good about what they're doing. Okay, sounds like a good time. Uh, in your estimation, what are carriers and owner operators looking for when it comes to their technology? Is it a one size fits all application? How do you simplify the complexities of being a truck driver today? Yeah, one size fits all would be great. Although our our industry is so fragmented, I don't know that we'll ever get to that down that happy path. I, but 
the biggest needs are just having simplicity and control of their business. Um, it takes a solution that allows them to find their loads, submit their invoices, and get the ability to be paid on their own terms. Um, I think that that's critical for them. You know, the technical skills necessary to drive a truck on our infrastructure and the stress of being away from home for extended periods of time are insurmountable, right? You can't fix that. Um, but what we can do to help them is provide solutions and, and experiences making yourself easy to work with for, for the carriers, for the drivers. Um, you know, we have to be considerate of what their needs are and providing a platform that helps them, you know, find work, get paid and organize their business, I think is, you know, a leap forward in the right direction. Okay. Uh, well, what's the biggest challenge you guys face right now at the beginning of the second quarter here? Um, you know, the industry has slowed just a little bit. I, I wouldn't say that um, it's it's slow in comparison to, you know, 2017, but obviously 2018 was a a big year for everybody um, with all of the, the loads being pushed into the latter end of the year to avoid some of the tariff uh, repercussions. Um, so, you know, it feels like it slowed down. Um, but as you go back and look at, at the industry over, over time and, and compare it to 2017, I think we're right on track. Um, so I think that's, that's been the hardest part is just making sure that, you know, people start getting nervous that, that we're headed into a, a slowdown when, Really, that's not what's happening at all. Melissa, what would a successful year look like for you all by the end of this year? Oh, man. World domination. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what? Our, our goal this year is just to make sure that that every 3PL, every broker, every shipper, every carrier um, can, can understand who we are. Um, we can get our message out. We can show them what the product is and, and the tools that can help them. Uh, be successful or, or right at their fingertips. So I think the 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 biggest win for us is if just that name and, and brand recognition and the ability to have conversations with as many of, of the players in the marketplace as possible. Um, we we want our our broker community to know that this solution is it's not costly. Um, it is a free solution for them. Um, and our goal here is to just, you know, streamline their back office processes so that they're easier to do business with so that the carriers can get that benefit. If we can get that message across, that that is a win. Well, fantastic. Good job. You know, I peppered you with a couple of extra questions because you did so well with those first three ones. You win the free T-shirt, Melissa. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, hopefully we can continue to, you know, do our part in helping you get the word out for um, the good things that you all are doing at Triumph Pay. Oh, I appreciate it so much. It's been a pleasure to be on your show and I look forward to next time. Uh, awesome. Thanks again, Melissa. Great to have you on. It's it's uh it's great to be here. Great to have uh, a new uh, co-host in the saddle with us each and every week, and uh, you know just bringing you the insights. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week on What the Truck, guys. Anything else? Take care and happy shipping. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. All right. All right, guys. Hey, that was super stinking fun. 